Welcome to episode 14 of Oral Phonic, a podcast about podfic. Today's topic is about non-podficer fandom and the different ways we communicate with them. Our hosts are myself, Dodificus. And Paraka. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Paraka, you've got some news for us today. Yeah, so the first one is I wanted to give a quick little update on Pataka Productions because, as some of you may remember from late last year, I stopped accepting new people onto onto the hosting that I offer. And I've had a couple people ask if that's still the case. And unfortunately, it is. The hosting that I have right now is kind of, they've agreed to like, not shut down my website, but they're kind of like, don't add more. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking into some options of upgrading, but it's going to probably take a few months before I get everything figured out the way that I want it to, to actually move stuff over. So I'll keep you guys posted, but for now it's still closed to new people. I'm really sorry. <laughs> All right, so on Twitter when we were calling for any last-minute news, um, somebody suggested we mention the Snowflake Challenge, which I wasn't initially going to mention because I think it'll be mostly over by then. But it is the kind of thing that you can kind of do whenever. So if you're not familiar with it, um, pretty much at the start of the year for the last few years, do you, do you know how long it's ran, Paraka? Can you? I A few years? That yeah, I, it's, it's been a I few years, definitely. That. So basically, and I think it's Akamane Chan, is that who runs it? Yeah. And actually, that makes it a little complicated, too, because it started off on her journal, and the calm came around after the Uh, fact. So she ran it over well there. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so every, probably at the start of the year, they, they post these challenges, daily challenges, and it's supposed to make you appreciate not only other people and other fan works, but also your own fan works. Um, so little easy daily challenges like, um, create something or, you know, leave feedback on, on a certain kind of form of, of art or, you know, podfic or whatever. Um, and it always sees this huge resurgence in, in journaling. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, Paraka, if you check your dream with anymore, (laughs) but, um, yeah, I always see all these people that I haven't heard from in years posting and and getting into it so yeah you can go and have a look at that we'll add the link but it's just snowflake-challenge.dreamwith.org and if you feel like getting back into the old school journaling you can kind of pick and choose your challenges or do them all yeah even though they post them like day one day two day three that kind of fall in line with like january 1st second and third or whatever but you can totally post them yeah. After that, too. Yeah, so. of course. Small Fandom Big Bang is looking for artists, and they accept podfickers and podfic as art. Sign-ups are open until January 31st, and art is due March 31st. So if you'd like to sign up and represent a small fandom, you should totally check it out. Art claims are from February 7th to 13th. 
So take a look. The last one is also something that's basically over. Can we but, can we add pictures with this one, Paraka? Do you do you know how to add pictures to the Sure. To the I mean it's in the Storify. It's in the Storify. <laughs> um but I was just gonna say if you would like some fun reading <laughs> a few weeks ago, Bess was listening to our Ask Me Anything episode where we talked about Podvic Tits. And she was a little offended by some of the things that I said. And she challenged me to a duel. <laughs> With boobs. (laughs) So we ended up having a podfic tits cleavage duel (laughs) that ballooned out as these things do. There was filk written. There might be a podfic musical out of this. I don't know. I might have to learn how to rap. But what we have so far, I have storified. So if you would like to see... Bess and I's Ridiculous Duel and a lot of Hamilton references. Check out the Storify link that we'll have on our pin board. <laughs> and a lot of beautiful lingerie. Yes. I I went bra I bought three new bras for this. <laughs> you spent money on this duel. <laughs> I did. I like I bought three one. Only two of the new ones were seen because what I ended up doing was taking an old one and I sharpied it. <laughs> I, I defaced a bra for the stool and for the rest of the day, my boobs smelled like Sharpie. So who emerged victorious? You know, I think it was one of those, we didn't set a judge before we went into it. I had some suggestions, but we got distracted by the musical aspect and so I was like this is more fun let's not do this so I think it's one of those duels where like because we both showed up and did our best our honor has been restored and (laughs) it doesn't have to actually end in bloodshed I just thought it was hilarious you both were like doing your hair and makeup and like artistically laying the 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 mic across your breasts (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot more poses. <laughs> You've got more to show? Oh, <laughs> uh, for a lot of people, that could be a true saying. I don't think I would get into a size comparison with that. <laughs> we are both rather chesty. You are. <laughs> <laughs> but I did cross a new line because I did like some joke ones too where I, I was completely shirtless and brawless. Oh, I didn't and, see those. Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're in the storify. And I had and I'm like cuz I was originally like the way that I was like, "Oh, maybe we can judge who wins is by seeing how many people our boobs inspire other people <laughs> to take off their shirts and post pot fictits pictures." <laughs> so I had this whole like corny joke going where I'm like brawless holding cupping my own breast that was be like I need your support <laughs> but I so I had those pictures taken like before all of the other ones and I had my little sister take the picture oh my god <laughs> anyways that is our news <laughs> we got a couple talkbacks as well so how about we start with Forzandopod who had this to say so Parika was talking about how, um, because she downloads so many files, the audio header can be really helpful in like reorienting you to remembering what 
you know, the podfic is about and all of those kinds of things. And, um, something that I use, and I'm in no way suggesting that everyone should, um, is cover art. Um, cover art can be, you know, kind of remind you what fandom, what, you know, subject matter it might be about. And it doesn't always, but it can kind of help jog my memory because I think I have a better memory for like images than I do for like words. And so that's why I often make cover art for podvics that I download that don't have it. Um, it's, you know, I really enjoy audio headers. And being able to get that reminder of like what it is that I'm about to listen to. Um, but cover art is kind of another way that I do that. Well, I mean, I actually never thought about it, but it's true. For the few um, podfix that I do have in my iTunes, and they're pod books actually, um, that is how I do remember what the hell they are. Like the cover will tell me the the title and the podficker and the author and generally it will give me an idea about the um the fandom and pairing as well so i mean yeah see and you know that's not like i had thought about that before because it's not an uncommon thing i've definitely talked to other people that rely on the cover art to Mm. to tell what the story is and what it's about but it's not one that has been particularly useful to me because for originally I only listened to MP3s and while you can attach artwork to MP3s, it took us a long while as pod figures to figure that out. I think because a lot of the early ones did not have artwork attached to them. I still don't put artwork on my MP3s. It's gotten a lot more common for people to have artwork. Like in ye olden days, yeah. Like ten years ago, yeah. Well, that's a long <laughs> not time e- ago. Not even ten years ago. God, like we're talking like two thousand seven. Yeah. Anyways, um, it was mostly like Cybel doing all of yeah. the artwork. So people would post their podfic, and, and then for her to do she it. would make a cover art and the the podbook, so it just wouldn't be there. Yeah. So one, I because that was my origins, I kind of just have organized things to not assuming that I don't have cover art. Yeah. And so I rely heavily, heavily on the metadata in my, like my iTunes library is uh, highly organized and everything gets its metadata edited as soon as I add it there. So I have it like set up like the view that I look at on in my iTunes library is the list view. I don't know what it's actually called in audiobooks, but like, so I don't see the cover art. Right. So the only time I ever look at the cover art is when I'm on my iPod. And that's when I discover half my things don't have cover art. (laughs) Well, yeah, like you were saying, if it's old stuff and by old, it's, you know, more than a couple of years, it it most likely wouldn't unless it was a pub book. Well, and even sometimes if the, like there might even be cover art available, but yeah, if someone didn't attach it or if I if they only provided MP3s and I myself made a pod book, I might not have yeah. wrapped the cover art for yeah. whatever reason. Cause I don't look at it that often other than the post when I'm downloading it. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's definitely a great suggestion. I know a lot of people that do it, it would be a lot of habit change for, for it to be effective for yeah. me, but who knows? It might be one of the things that I do eventually. I do change sometimes. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so the second and last talk back was a panicked Opal song who thought she was getting in at the last minute, but she actually had like ages to give us, get us a talk back. 
And by ages, you mean hours. (laughs) You know. (laughs) She thought we were, like, recording at that very second and she had to, like, get in there. She's not Rina. Yeah. is the only one that is submitted while recording. (laughs) She still wins at that. (laughs) Okay, so she had a couple of things to say. The first thing was about one of our older episodes about um, kind of filk and songs. Hey, Oral Phonic. Uh, this is Opal Song. So I binge listened to a whole bunch of your past episodes and I'm caught up. Yay. And I came up with two things uh, that I felt like I should, you know, mention just in case you guys were interested. There was a discussion of Filk and its use in Podfic and specifically if anybody was like composing music for Podfic or like composing Filk for Podfic. And I think at some point you guys asked about fandoms that might have been doing this uh, or something. In any case, I'm a couple years out of date now, but back when I was actually in Homestuck fandom, that was actually happening. Like, it wasn't out of place. There was a lot of filk going on in Homestuck fandom, or not actually, like, full-on filk, but adaptations of music to make them filk. And I actually have a podfic up called Fifth Iteration that when I asked to podfic this, the author was very enthusiastic, yes, and then was like, and can I compose music to go with it? Which was an amazing experience. And so all of the intro-outro music in that fic is composed by the author and performed by the author. I don't really have much to say about that, do you? Um, Just that there was a point in time where, even though I've never seen Homestuck and I don't know what it is, I knew all the pairings and all the names because, and I think it probably was Opal Song, somebody posted, like, a shit ton of it to Amplificathon when I was an archiver. (laughs) So I had to, like, know how to spell all these pairings and, like, characters and stuff. So at one point, I knew a lot about Homestuck characters. That's my little claim to fame there. (laughs) But I do think it's cool that um, an author kind of collaborated to that degree with the pod figure. They actually kind of, you know, created something in addition to the story that they had already written to make the pod figure even better. Fifth iteration. Written by Universe C. Read by Song. And that's one of those things that's really cool to see, like, the circle of inspiration that happens within fandom. Yeah. Like, the author probably had these in the back of her head yeah. that, that it came out at so little provocation, but... It's like it might not have ever happened if it hadn't been for the podfic exactly. and the podfic wouldn't have happened without the author and and I just I love seeing where fandom gets their inspiration from and yeah. and we feed off each other from each other yeah So yeah that's cool And the other part is in response to Rita's question about how do you dupecon people into your fandoms and this is what she had to say my second thing that I wanted to give a little talk back about was about in your second Ask Me Anything, 
somebody asked about how do you dupe con people into new fandoms because, say, there's nobody else recording in that fandom except for you. And I'm actually in one of those fandoms right now. Nobody records in Dragon Age fandom, at least not Dragon Age Inquisition, or at least if they do, I can't find them. But I have actually done a couple of multi-voice uh, podfics, and I would love for there to be more people recording Dragon Age Inquisition specific, but Dragon Age in general podfic. So I put out a call for multi-voice, and I have done this. I think with a couple of different fandoms where I've just been like, hey, I'm trying to record a multi-voice fic. Does anybody want to be a voice? This is another case where I listen to something and I'm like, duh, why didn't I ever think of that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think it would have occurred to me just because I am pretty weak for... Like, if someone's like, hey, do you want a multi-voice? I'm not always the best at following through, but I always want to. Yeah. Um, but it's never made me jump fandoms. Granted, most of the time when I have done it, it's been bit parts. Yeah. Like, I don't think I would commit to being a large part in a fandom I didn't care about. But well, from the conversation I'm... she was having on Twitter with a bunch of other people, you're the exception to the rule. <laughs> no, I'm hugely mono-fanish. So, like, it's... Trying to get me into your fandom, it's going to be an effort because I have to fall head over heels and be willing to like commit to that fandom. I am not the person to dupe con into your fandom, although I'm quite a catch if you do. <laughs> I, um, and I said on Twitter when we were discussing it with Opal Song, I get dupe conned because I don't do that many multi voices. I get dupe conned by beating. Like, mm. Penny Plain Knits has gotten me to beta um, her vampire detective agency, so that got me into kind of, like, Bandom peripherally. And I always say that when I read or listen to Bandom, it's always, in my mind, it's just always an AU of vampire detective agency where they're human and in a band. <laughs> <laughs> and she's also, I listen... I'm pretty sure I beated a Harry Potter one of hers, and that kind of got me into Harry Draco a bit. So, yes, multi-voice and getting people to beat your shit is a good way of <laughs> getting people into the fandom. So do we want to move on to the main topic for the month? I think which so. Which is dealing with the non-podficker parts of fandom. <laughs> So having to interact with authors and con runners and random people on the interwebs. I was going to say streets, but interwebs. Interwebs. <laughs> well, um, something that I'll mention is that I was having uh, lunch with some people from work and some friends, and one of them happened to be Jane Across, who is – in fandom, and she's the sister of one of the people that I used to work with. Um, and she was saying secretly at the table so no one else could hear that she, <laughs> that she listens to Oral Phonic, and I was so shocked because I'm like, you don't – you have nothing to do with Podpick. Like, you, you're not in Podpick fandom as far as I'm aware. You don't even listen to it. And she was like, no, but I really – um, enjoy kind of this insight into something that I have nothing to do with it and I don't know anything about. And, yeah, she finds it really interesting. 
I mean, I wish more people would do that instead of just yeah. dis- dismissing the whole the whole subset. That's a cool thing about podcasts in general. Like, I've listened to some podcasts on t- topics that I don't care about at all. But it's kind of like podcasts in general get a lot of people that are really nerdy about a really specific thing. Yeah. So that's something that um, is like if people open themselves up to that, it can be quite enjoyable. Yeah. And it's. It makes me happy to hear that just because there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff that happens in fandom, especially these days where fandom is so huge and there's so many pockets of it. There's always been pockets of it, but like technology has come so far that you can do a lot more things than you used to be able to. Although, and I'll mention this for when Jen listens to the podcast, um, Jane Across did judge both of us really hard for the hockey episode. She was side-eyeing us really hard for, for having a whole topic about something Jen and I knew nothing about. <laughs> yeah, our pronunciation of things and our just general lack of knowledge she thought was hilarious. <laughs> yep. I Look, I'm really close friends with heaps of people in fandom. I don't know how to pronounce their usernames. <laughs> yes, yeah. That is one of the things that's very telling when you become a pod maker. You're like, fuck, I don't know how to pronounce this. And it can be like a word that gets used all the time in writing that just isn't said that much out loud. Or it could be a, a fandom name. Like, people have weird names in fandom. I'm sorry. Well, even one time I was um, recording a, a story by um, an author and I'm like, yep, nailed that name. And then after I posted it, they sent me a um, a recording of how they say their name and I'm like, no, oh, I didn't nail it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that happens with me all the time. Like, I pronounce my name Petaka, but a lot of people call me Paraka. Yeah. My secondary Spanish name is Siftopakarap. So, like, I, I, know I don't I even attempt that one. <laughs> I like it was originally just my my nor my Twitter handle backwards, but I actually like Sifto Packer app. I like saying it out loud. Sifto Packer. Oh dear. <laughs> That's getting a little off topic though. So going back to dealing with or talk interacting with. I don't want to say dealing because that makes it sound like a hardship. It's not. It's just but it is something that you have to do in your day to day because Perfect fandom by its very nature is hard to be insular, not as we do it these days. Like yeah. there are more and more people who do like not podfic or are just like not ficking and recording it yeah. or doing off the cuff podfics. But and there's and blanket permission makes it a lot easier too. But for the most part, at least on certain levels, you have to interact with other people yeah. when podficking. And there's ways to make that easier both as a pod faker and as a non-pod faker. Yeah. So that's kind of what we wanted to talk about. There's this older piece of meta that exists that was written by Sofinisba that we can link to um, that I find can be very useful if you are not, if you are someone who's being asked, have pod fic done of your work, but you're not sure how you feel about it. Mm. Like, it's kind of like an open letter to authors that Sofinisba wrote. It's like, it's okay if you don't, like, I'm asking your permission to record your podfic. I'm not asking you to like it or listen to it even. Like, 
you if it podfix not your thing do not force yourself to listen to it i just i don't think that's something that podfickers always think of especially since a lot of podfickers like i mean presumably if you're making podfic it's because you enjoy it on some level and we sometimes forget that it's not everyone's things and some authors feel pressured to like say that they enjoy it even if they don't enjoy it so um that can be one of the things that like if you are going to have a more formalized conversation when asking permission that you can throw in there of just saying by the way you don't you don't have to listen. You don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. I, I can remember seeing some anon comments once about somebody who was like, oh, yeah, I always just lie and say that I've listened to it. And Yes. It was a fandom secrets post. What is I the think, point of that? <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like I've gotten a lot more casual in my asking yeah. permission. But if you do want to be a little bit more formal and write a dear author letter, that could be a cool link to include to yeah. be like, you don't have to like it. I mean, you might feel that way, in which case don't include it if you do feel that they have to like, but that all seems like a good way to be disappointed. Definitely. <laughs> One of the things that I did find amusing, I was I saw a Tumblr post this weekend of someone saying that they had just been asked if someone could podfic their work. And they're like, I feel so old. I had to look up what podfic was, <laughs> which I don't think is actually an, like, that doesn't make you old or anything. No. It's, <laughs> there's lots of people that don't know what podfic is, but it made me think of, a, I don't even remember what episode it was. We were talking and I said that I still include a definition of podfic whenever I ask for permission. Yeah. And you guys are like, what? You don't need to do that. And I was like, Clearly you do. Clearly you do. <laughs> yeah, no, there's yeah. still heaps of people that don't know what podfic is. Yeah. And I, like, even though, like I said, I do a much more casual asking permission these days, uh, the way that I do it is I just, when I say, can I podfic your work, I make podfic a hyperlink yeah. to the fan lore entry on it. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Do you, when you are approaching someone... Um, is there anything that you do to make sure that it goes well? Uh, no. <laughs> Have there been any times where it hasn't gone well? There's been times where I haven't gotten answers. Yeah. No one's ever rejected me. The worst, the worst time that it went, and that was really um, just awkward, <laughs> was that I sent um, a request to somebody that, that hadn't been on the web for ages and, like, I didn't hear back from them. This was for Intersections by, um, is it Kaneko? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but anyway, I didn't hear back from them, and I'm like, they're gone. They weren't mine. So I recorded it and posted it. And then ages later I got an email. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, I never checked this. You know, yeah, sure, you can do it. And I had to be like, mm, I've already done it. Sorry. But luckily, <laughs> luckily that went well and they didn't mind. But no, I've never, I've never had a negative author interaction. No one's ever, you know, asked me to take anything down or, you know, rejected me or, yeah, no. Yeah, it's when I think of like my own instances of asking for permission. I think it's kind of the times that it goes bad that you learn the best. Yeah, and I haven't really had that many bad interactions. So you, um, I've had a couple that were less than positive. Yeah. 
And my worst case scenario was so weird that I'm not even going to mention it <laughs> because it's not going to happen to other people. Certainly not that way. Yeah. I mean, there was a point in time where there was a lot of, um, like, talking going around, like, you know, so many horror stories. But I think it was blown a lot out of proportion. Like, it was probably well, my whenever I that- Yeah, whenever I talk about it to people not in Podfic fandom and I'm trying to ex- – or even people in Podfic fandom. But the thing is, Podfic fandom – especially the Twitter Podfic fandom at the time could have was pretty close mm. and everyone kind of knew everyone. Mm. So you'd get 10 pod figures in a room and they would be like, Oh yeah, I know someone who's had to take their Podfic down. And everyone would be like, yeah, me too. Except no one would name me person. and it was all the same person. <laughs> so it seemed like, you know, 10 people knew 10 people that yeah. had it taken down when really it could be one person. Yeah. And so it, it really did blow it up, I think, worse than it, the reality of it was. I mean, the moral of the story for you little baby podfickers out there is that authors are very rarely scary. At, at worst, they'll ignore you. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? My That's actually the one piece of advice that I do have is just be persistent. Like, I've had multiple podfics where it took me more than three months to get permission. Mm. And I just kept asking and kept asking. <laughs> no, I never asked twice. <laughs> well, I do because I'm in that boat where I record an edit and I don't ask until it's like 100% sure that I will be done. You've already got the finished product. <laughs> yeah, so like I've got the finished product, so I just keep asking. And I, if I you only can- did that once. I, I'd half recorded something because I wanted to see if, if it worked for me before I asked. And then I never heard back from them and I was just like, so disappointed and frustrated that I had this stuff that I never did it like that again. And I mean, I would not recommend my method to other people. It's, it's a <laughs> method to do it, but it's my method. And I might actually change it because I think I've hit the first situation where uh, my persistence won't be useful because normally like AO3 is not so great because there's not private messaging yet. Mm. It's uh, I think it's on the approved list of features. I see a lot of people asking for it on, on their Trello account, but yeah. it's not there yet. So you basically have to ask in public or hope that they've given some alternate form of communication yeah. in their profile. And I've actually had more luck on those waiting times of going through their profile and using the alternate forms of yeah. communication than waiting for them to answer an AO3 comment. But I just recorded a fic this year that I recorded it, edited it, it, and then I went and looked, and the person doesn't respond to AO3 comments. They've only posted the one fanfic, and they have nothing in their profile. So I'm like, uh, uh, that might never see the light of day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, place where you contact them is is relevant. Like, it'll be relevant to your success, and it'll be relevant to your comfort level as well. Yeah. Like people are much better in general, not me, but people in general are better at checking their asks on Tumblr than they are about answering AO3 comments. And AO3 is really public, so it can make people feel awkward if they want to say no. Yeah. So they just ignore it instead of answering. I mean, if that's all you have, that's all you have. Like don't not ask on AO3, but that can be kind of sucky. It was like, I know there's a lot of people that miss the like back in the live journal days that would send private messages and yes. stuff there. 
And that's that generally was... how I approach authors. If if they're on AO3, I won't leave a comment because I just don't feel comfortable doing that. But most of the time, I will be able to find them elsewhere and, you know, live journal or dream with and I'll, I'll DM them because mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I don't have and the comfort level of doing it on AO3. I get that it can be uncomfortable for people. I I don't know. I'll just ask in public. <laughs> I, I would ask in public even on live journal. I would just leave a comment instead of DMing them. Yeah, That was always my first route. So, but yeah, like how you do it can, especially if someone has more questions or is uncomfortable with it or whatever, that they might feel more comfortable answering and be less likely to just ignore you. Yeah. That said, if you are an author listening to this, you <laughs> might be comfortable with Podfic. I probably are not listening. I don't like your friend, but um, uh, it is better to get a no than to get a nothing. It really is. Yeah. Just, I don't feel comfortable. You don't even have to give a reason. Just say, yeah, it's, I'd, I'd prefer it if you didn't. <laughs> so I guess um, approaching authors is, is one thing, but another big thing is also approaching um, comms and fests and things about the inclusion of Podfic and, and the best ways to go about that that's going yeah. to end with success. That's not going this- to end with you bitterly ranting in your journal. <laughs> yeah this topic was chosen now kind of as like when we were planning last month and seeing all the people wishing or, or asking if they're, if Podfic could be included in their holiday exchanges mm. and the various levels of, of, of success. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it. And it actually get, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but like kind of our last point is when people are being snotty about Podfic and whether or not we should engage. And my biggest thing is like, maybe not. Uh, but if it's someone who runs a con, that's probably the one situation where I am more likely to engage because then that's actually holding you back from something. And a lot of the times they're not in and saying being snotty about it. I don't actually like a lot of the times it's not that it's just being ignorant about it. And so a pod figure stepping in and talking about it can actually make that situation better. So yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about have you ever approached a community and asked them if Podfic could be included? I thought we'd established that I'm not a joiner. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we'd gotten that clear over the last twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> you joined this podcast, so maybe we just don't believe you. Uh, I prefer to think that you and Jen join me. Yeah, that's that's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> so I have gone and asked a com if Podfic could be included. I'm trying to think if I've ever had any successful <laughs> attempts at it. Maybe I'm not the best person to give advice if I've always if I've always failed. I think that what I've seen on Tumblr is a good way of kind of encouraging people to to approach comms and also for comms to be positive about their response is to really celebrate the success stories. Like, mm. um, and I think it was Dragon Girl, wasn't it, from one of our talkbacks a while ago, when yeah. she had gotten knocked back and, you know, was was angry about how they'd responded to her. She also mentioned why couldn't they have been more like this com where they 
you know, did this for me and they were more open and, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, And I think that's a good way of doing it at the ask stage. If you're taking part in a fandom exchange or like whatever the challenge is, like a bingo, whatever, if you've seen another com that does a similar thing that did include Podfic, that can be a good chance to be like, look, this is how they did it. Because as someone who's run a lot of comms, let me tell you, most of my comms weren't done from scratch. Yeah. I looked around at what already existed. Yeah. And I cribbed their notes. (laughs) (laughs) And I, like, I might have thrown half of them out in the end and made something that doesn't really look like the comment in question. Podaware is probably the biggest example of that. But it's still, you look around and get inspiration from other comms. So if you can, if, as a comm runner, if I can see, oh, this is how I do it, I might still change how I incorporate it, yeah. but I need that starting point. Yeah. And when I've gone and asked other comms if PodFit can be included, generally the biggest stumbling block that I get is they just have no idea how to do it. Exactly. Go in with ideas and suggestions and, like, examples um, go in positive, like say, oh, I love this fest, you know, I'd love to participate, blah, blah, blah. Like don't go in, and I hate I hate it to turn it into like a tone argument, but, yeah, don't go in being like, how come you don't have Podfic, you know, we're never included. That's, yeah. yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen anyone do that, to be completely fair. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but um, most of the time I see it of like, hey, I'd like to participate. Yeah. Could I do it with Podfic? Yeah. Actually, I say this, going back to my comment before, whether or not I've ever been successful, the only times I've successfully added Podfic to a challenge, it was when I didn't ask first, I just did. You just did it? Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I did that for... um, the American Idol Big Bang. I think it was actually Crowd and Big Bang, where I signed up and just did Podfic. And because I did it as an artwork, their rules were kind of open ended of like, yeah, okay, if you would like to do something else, that's great. Okay. So I did Podfic. And the first year I had no problems. Even though I didn't do a full Podfic, I just did like an, in, like the first 30 minutes of this like 75K Podfic because yeah. there was no way I was yeah. going to get the whole thing done. Yeah. And then. It was the author that did, like, visual art for it. And I did the whole thing, and the the mod said nothing. And then the next year, I actually did the whole story. Oh, wow. And made a proper podfic for it. And that's when they're like, um, podfic's not allowed. Ooh. And I was like, what? <laughs> I did it last year. And yeah. they're like, well, just because we didn't catch you last year doesn't mean it's allowed this year. And I'm like, but your rules are really open-ended. Look at – and I yeah. – and. I showed it to a bunch of other people, and they're like, yeah, I don't know what they're saying. So I felt I was within my rights to do it, and eventually they allowed it, but it was not the most fun It was not a graceful transition. No. Did they end up either changing the rules for or against you the next year? You know what I did? I was out of the fandom by then, so I didn't look. But it was also one of those situations, and I've seen this happen most commonly when you get pushback from the author or from the con runners saying, no, we don't want to include Podfic. Mm. The most common reason I've seen outside of like, we just don't know how to incorporate it mm. is Podfic's not original enough. Mm. So the example that I always think of when I see that, that cause it left me so extra disappointed was 
the Teen Wolf Rare Pairs challenge or exchange or whatever, because the way they they started off being like, so this is a rare pairs challenge and we mean rare. So there's a lot of the times where that challenge was producing a pairing that had never happened before. And it's hard to pod fix something if there's no fix for it. And it's a bad situation when there's only like three fix out there for you to choose from to pod fix. Yeah. So if they had left it there, I would have been like, yeah, that's legit and moved on. That sounds fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But then they went and added that, you know, pod fix not original enough Mm -hmm. to count as fan work. It really frustrates me when I see all the kind of like, where they start to talk about, and I saw I saw it recently somewhere. I can't remember where, where it becomes like a level of difficulty. Like, oh, anyone could pod fix, so it doesn't really count as you know. Which always gets me too, because anyone can pod fix, just like anyone can write. Yeah, like most people on the internet are literate. <laughs> Um, it's hard to live on the internet and not be literate. Yeah. So anyone can write, but anyone who's been on like fanfiction.net or even AO3 can tell you that there's a really wide gap between can write and writes well. Yeah. And the same is true with podfic. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't, I can remember years ago I did like a ranty meta um, podcast about this, but like, why the fuck does it matter how easy or hard something is to do? Why does it matter how original or unoriginal it is? Why does it matter if it's transformative or non-transformative? Like, yeah. <laughs> Going back to that, um, that pod, that fandom secrets that we talked about a little bit earlier that had like, it, it was wanky. I don't really suggest people go back and oh, read no. it. We'll God, give you no. the good highlights of it. Learn from our um, mistakes and don't go. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, one of the things that was said in that that always stuck with me was someone who was not a pod, like, they weren't in the podfic community. They were just someone that was, like, reading these comments. And they came out and they're like, are you really trying to form a hierarchy of Mm -hmm. fanworks and say which ones are better than others and which ones are more worthy than others? Because she's like, I'm not interested in that. That is not my fandom. And fuck off kind of yes exactly and that's that's what i see all the time trying to make this hierarchy of of worthiness and yeah when that comes out in comms like and i get it a lot too when people use like for better or for worse transformative works is a word that's used very commonly in fandom right now Mm -hmm. mostly because of the otw Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that as a bad thing or a good thing it's just how it is i think it's look i think it's a bad thing because it's turned into this thing where they can say if it's not transformative then I think it's understandable why the AO3 uses it I'm not super hyped about how fandom has latched on to it because my big thing is like really fandom do we want American law copyright writers to be the arbiters of what makes what makes art worthy or not yeah Yeah. like it's a bunch of lawyers deciding this and what can make them the most money (laughs) and we're going to use that to judge our art by yeah is that really the standard we want to use i know so like i don't mind when people use transformative in a more artistic sense but the legal definition i don't care about yeah and and i mean that also speaks a little towards my the time that I entered fandom which 
I know you were in that section too, because it's a fairly new thing that people aren't in this way. When you enter fandom and feel that it's basically legal, what we're doing. Yeah, that's not the way that we grew up. Yeah, like we grew up where it was like, we pretended that we were hiding under a rock. The rock was a pebble and we were a mountain. But we pretended that rock gave us coverage. And, you know, there was a lot of like, you know, people are just willfully ignoring us. But if they wanted to, and, you know, that was based on a past of sometimes they did want to and they could stomp on fandom. And now we've got better legal protections, which is great. And it's like, we were talking before the show about how like the Canadian copyright law, when it was being uh, updated a few years ago, they like put in what was called like the YouTube clause, which basically (laughs) lets you use uh, copyright materials for things like vids on YouTube. Yeah. And that so it's hap- like it's happening on a much higher level that yeah, we do have that's like talking to not only non-podficker fandom but non-fandom people is also kind of relevant to to the discussion like yeah. the, the way that we interact with with actors and authors and and showrunners and everything has changed so dramatically yeah for sure but going back to my why i brought this up is like the idea of the legality of something indicating its worth mm. was so laughable 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just been like, what are you smoking if you had said that? And now it's so common, and I still kind of have that, what are you smoking? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All of which is to say, getting back to the, the point about <laughs> having a podfic joint comms, is that legal definitions is a weird place to draw that line in the sand for fandom. Yes. Like one thought that I would put out there is like, it really can be useful if you feel comfortable doing so offering yourself up as like a a reference or whatever. If, Mm. if the, the calm runner doesn't know how to incorporate it and you don't have like a good example to hand over, because I do think even of like some of the comms that I've joined, that did allow podfic that were not podfic specific comms it wasn't always the most comfortable yeah like i remember the clint colson exchange for example and they changed the rule on this because i talked to them about it um in kind of an awkward sauce way (laughs) but anyway it had a good result in the end the mod still talks to me (laughs) um Whereas, like, the minimum for writing was, like, 1K. And, like, for art was, like, one piece. And then for podfic, it was, like, 30 minutes. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that does not seem equal. No, it does not. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we talked – well, I kind of, like, complained about it on Twitter and forgot that the mod followed me on Twitter. (laughs) I love you, rather, story. (laughs) And she, like, talked to me about it and changed the rules to make it more equal. Yeah. But, yeah, she just didn't know. She thought that seemed reasonable and the amount that she put in. Um, The other thing I'd say is, like, if you're feeling super enthusiastic, like, be the change that you want to see. Go start a a fest or a a comm that is all-inclusive in your fandom of choice. Like Mm -hmm, For sure. A lot of of podfickers are really... They're, they're go-getters and it happens a lot. They run their, their pod fit com or whatever. Like, yeah, 
do a um, whole open one that any any kind of art form can be included in. So do we want to move on to our kind of our last point in our notes is engaging with people that are saying incendiary comments about Podfic or mocking or misunderstanding yeah. Podfic or whatever. And my advice is don't. Um, there was a stage where we kind of, we all did and it just was painful for everyone. Um, so yeah, if you see some anon meta or, you know, somebody being like, oh, Podfic is gross, like just walk away. There's no, before you engage in anything, I would say, is what outcome am I looking for and how likely is it that that outcome is going to occur? And if yeah. you're in an anon meme, I can say that you'll leave happy 0% of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm someone who historically has engaged. Mm. I don't regret all of it. <laughs> <laughs> but there were definitely times where, like, I said something and, you know, it was taken out of context and turned into bigger wank or... Yeah. You know, sometimes I did see things. I'm like, no, I, I stand by my engagement. Yeah. Um, other times I watched other people engaged and was like, stop being on my side, yeah. please. Yeah. And I don't know how many people were saying that about me. I'm <laughs> sure I, you know, I've done situations that have, that deserved that reaction. Like if someone um, is genuinely like, I don't get podfic, then yeah, like go and engage, have a conversation. But if somebody's there to stir shit, then. Well, and I think there's a lot less, like a lot of these people that put the statements out aren't even really meaning to stir shit. Like they, you know, they're on their Tumblr, they're on their Twitter account, whatever. And they're just like, Oh, I just saw the weirdest thing. Mm. And they haven't thought about it. They just saw this like two minutes ago and they're, mm. they just had like initial reaction of, Oh, do not want. And they don't stop to examine it. Yeah. They just you know share their do not want feelings on it. And I think, it's if it's someone that has no power over you and you are only seeing it because you're trolling the podfic tag, then you're probably best to walk away. If it's someone who's in charge of a comm that you want to participate in, you know, maybe that's when you engage a bit more. If it's one of your friends that you know, well, like I'm not saying never engage, but um, I have seen like things that I've said because I did want to engage, get taken like, Used against yeah. Podfic fandom. It it was a road for me to learn to shut up about this because mm. I wanted to talk about it all the time yeah. and and I didn't engage every single little thing, but I engaged a lot. And I I do think positive things came out of those engagements at different stages, but it's not always across the board been positive. And like we've uh, put in the notes, it depends um, you know, where the comments being made, the platform, you know. One example that I'll pull out, because it was both good and horrible. Um, I'm trying to remember Bejeweled. Her name was Bejeweled. Oh, my and God. She, <laughs> she wrote a, a post that was very personal about her personal thoughts and feelings on Podfic. And basically what she was describing was not Podfic fandom. Yeah. But... Podfic fandom saw it and like lost their collective shit for like kind of the first time ever. Because before that, I had like there's literally a post on Podfic Meta from the early days where someone leaves a comment being like, I think Podfic's really gross and weird. 
Tell me why you like it. <laughs> just like watching it being like, convince me and yeah. But you won't, you won't succeed, but try anyways. Yeah. And it was super, and everyone was super polite and very nice. And like, oh, well, this is how I feel. And I was getting really pissed off in the background being like, are you kidding me? But everyone is super nice. And then like a month later, Bejeweled yeah, posted. it was not thing. super nice over there. I, I, and people I forgot got, I left a comment and it was, <laughs> it was bitchy. I, yeah, I have like. I have like a six page essay response <laughs> that I wrote to it. And it was a really big turning point for Podfickers and Podfic Meta and Podfic Fandom. And I think it was necessary, but it was not like, I think that change was necessary, but how we went about it was kind of cruel. Yeah. It was um, not pretty. And, yeah. And Bejewel got shot on way more than she deserves. Yeah. So like sometimes these things are necessary, even when they're not pretty, and I think I had a lot of conversations in the early days that fit that description. But then it kind of got to the point, especially when I was running Podfic, the Twitter account, and I would just see like passive aggressive or snarky or mean spirited comments like all the time that it was just wearing on me. And I didn't want to go and start shit, but I would like say something on my Twitter account and it was adding to that fire of that people felt of like everyone hates podfic fandom and you know sometimes i would not want to engage and then people would see me but like rumble about it and then they would engage and i was like oh that was not what i wanted so i learned to like not yeah and because we are quick to engage (laughs) yeah historically speaking (laughs) yeah and i think we've gotten better at that and actually the last time Fandom Fail Anon, like, there was, like, that summer of Podfic hate mm. that was kind of epic. I think that was 2013. Anyways, it was kind of epic. And that was one of the cases where, like, stuff I said got really twisted mm. and made to fan this, fi- this fire of hate. But ever since then, like, there's been multiple times that FFA has talked about Podfic since. And it's generally not, like, it's even positive sometimes. Mm. It's, it's not been that bad. It's never been that bad. And, you know, pod figures just don't care. Like, the last time someone sent me a link of, like, oh, my God, did you see what they're saying about us on FFA? I didn't even click it. Yeah. yeah. So, like, that's how far I've come. I've realized not everyone's at that place with me, and you might still want to engage. I can't stop you. I can just say that, like, <laughs> as I've – based on my history and the experience that I have, it's kind of better to let it – or just be very – picky about which fights you choose to engage in yeah this is someone that really has no power over you why are you wasting your time yeah this isn't social justice this yeah. isn't something that you need to bleed over yeah like it's not worth it no. <laughs> save your energy for something that is save your energy to for your performance so anything else to say there are a lot of other non-podficker people that you you're going to engage with when you're a podficker and probably the other biggest one that we didn't really talk about was if you want to use someone's art for your cover art. Mm. But I think there's a lot of similarities in that to talking because it's just another way of asking permission. I've actually, but, um, the rare times that I've done it when, you know, artists existed, mm-hmm. um, they're actually a lot more like excited and into it than authors. <laughs> I've had I've had uh, mostly 
indifference when I've asked. Okay. Like, yeah, okay, go for it. Or, like, outright ignoring. Like, I just never hear back from them. <laughs> and I won't. Art is one of those things that I won't ask multiple times with because yeah. it's, like, the last thing that I do. Yeah. Generally, I ask permission and then I make art. Yeah. <laughs> so, if like, I'm not generally not willing to hold up a finished pod fic for the cover art. So, I'll just, like, throw something yeah. crappy together and – but. Yeah, that's that's one way that you might interact above and beyond. And look, there's and heaps, there's heaps of other ways. There's heaps yeah. of other situations that you'll find yourself in, and I'm sure we'll get some talkbacks about situations that people have been in. And the non-definitive list, but this is kind of where we're natural. I think we're naturally stopping. Mm. And now I'm trying to think of like, because I know there's lots of like, just as a member of fandom, mm. you interact with people, and obviously I'm including Podfic listeners. Like, I'm including them as part of Podfic fandom. Yeah. Of course. So, anyways, if you think of some, leave a a talk back. We'd love to hear it. So, we'll move on to Rex. Yeah. So, my Rex today is for Angel fandom, which is a blast from the past. It's Glory, Glory, Hallelujah, read by Tiny Pink Mouse and written by Amber. And it's Wes Illyria. I loved Illyria so much more than Fred. I thought Fred was so irritating. But anyway, that's irrelevant. (laughs) Um, This is just a tiny little bite-sized podfic, which Tiny Pink Mouse is amazing at picking out. Um, I think I've said this before on this podcast, they always just pick these tiny little things that give such a punch um it's basically from Illyria's point of view and it's just you know that kind of weird way she interacts with the world and you kind of see Wes's pain secondhand through her and it's just it's not a happy podfic it's just it's it's sad there's a lot of feelings at the end of it I was full of feelings which I say a lot but I was (laughs) well that's that's generally what I'm looking for out of short stories yes. in general. Same. My one roommate will not even look at something under 10,000 words. And she prefers them being like 75,000 plus. Oh, I love long stories. But sometimes when I've just got a couple of minutes on my hands, I like to, to look at the, you know, 10 minutes and under tag and just listen well, to all the stuff. One of my favorite things, and it sounds so violent, but I love emotional punches in the gut. Yeah, exactly. And and Tiny Pink Mouse excels at that. I am going to wreck one of my ITPE presents, which might be cheating, but it's not I will cheating. Do it anyway. You obviously loved it. Yeah, no, it was a really cool story. It's called The Lawyer All the Wickedness read by Dr. Fumbles McStupid and it was written by Poison Ivory and it is a Daredevil podfic but it's actually Daredevil it's comics based not TV based which is part of the thing that really got me and it's based on the Spider-Gwen comics which is like not the main universe like the 616 comic verse it's it's a well, I, I don't, I'm not up on the co- current comics, um, so I think it's becoming the main verse because they're, Marvel's doing something weird. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's slightly different. And in it, Matt Murdock, who is Daredevil, is actually a bad guy. Oh. 
And Foggy is still a good guy. Are they still friends? No, they are opposing counsels because they're lawyers. So um, Foggy is trying to put all of these criminals in jail and Matt works for the kingpin and is getting them off. (laughs) And so there's like hate relationship going on where it's like, you keep ruining everything. (laughs) (laughs) And having not read any of the spider Gwen stuff, having like in my comic book readings, I'm still in 1963. (laughs) I've got a lot to catch up on. So um, it was interesting to see that world and, and it was cute to see Matt and Foggy getting together regardless. Yeah. And dealing with it and happy endings. So it was a cute story and uh, very well read. And it was made for me. So, of course, I loved it. <laughs> and I do like bad guy getting together with good guy. I do not enjoy it when it is canon bad guy. But I enjoy it when you make canon good guy bad guy. Mm. And then, I don't know, I'm weird. A fine distinction. Well, for me, I have to like the character. Don't you like bad guys? No. <gasps> I, like, have to like them as... I can like them, but I have to... It, it's also mixed in with, for me to fall in love with the character enough to want to ship them, I have to respect them. <gasps> and I can enjoy bad guys, but I don't respect them. Oh, my God. As people. I might respect them as, you know, someone who could kill me. <laughs> But not as someone that I'd want to hang out with. Not that I hanging out with them is necessarily the rule, because like I love Rodney McKay and like Tony Stark and would probably want to murder them in real life. <laughs> but my other roommate adores like she adores psychopaths actually. Mm, same. Yes, yes. You should talk sometime. <laughs> but I yeah, I I just don't. <laughs> That's all right. I, I still like you. <laughs> different folks. <laughs> so I think that's our episode. Please submit any talkbacks that you have. We'd love to hear from you. And join us next month where we will be talking about audacity text suggestions. So actually, even more than sending in talkbacks about this episode, we would love to hear your text suggestions that we could include in this because we would like to go beyond the like, this is how you cut and edit and get into the tips and tricks and like the like, here's a tutorial mm. that's good to follow. So send in any of those things like weird features that you use that maybe no one else does. We'd love to hear it. So we'll see you next month. Bye.